Welcome to the Metaversible Podcast, chronicling the journey of reaching the metaverse through blockchain, digital art, and virtual reality. Welcome back to the Metaversible Podcast, where we explore the art and science of the metaverse, this digital world in which we live in. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Chris Cochran, and I'm joined by my best friend and co-host, Ron Eddings. Welcome back to the metaverse. And we are about to get plugged back in. Ron, who do we have with us today? Today in the studio, we have Marcus J. Carey. Marcus is like a brother and a cousin to me, but... He's also a enterprise architect, an artist, and an author. He's written several books, most notably Tribe of Hackers. Marcus, welcome to the Metaverse. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to chop it up with y'all. Absolutely. Marcus, you are a true Renaissance man. You're doing everything from technology to art. But where did art come into your life? How did that all start for you? Well, back in the day uh, when I was growing up, um, I'm 46 now, and when I was growing up, the only thing I had was a pencil and some paper. And so I used to, I can remember my earliest, my earliest age, I was probably about three or four, I would, I would take the, you know, the little kids' books, we used to have children's books, and I used to, I used to, I used to draw the characters out of there. I can remember drawing Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and I, as I grew up, I, I wanted to be an inventor, so... I would write on paper the inventions I wanted to invent. Like I would draw like a helicopter design. I would draw a go-karts that I wanted to build. Uh, the only thing I didn't have is the ability to make those things. And I think that, you know, ideas are great. Putting the ideas on paper is great, but I didn't have the ability to make a helicopter or, or to, to do any of those things that I wanted to draw out. I kind of look at some of the stuff I did when I was young because I was talented at art. I won, I won, uh, I won art competitions, local and state level, where uh, we would, you know, citywide art competitions. We had state competitions that I would participate in, and I won a couple of them. And I had my my art published in newspapers and and got awards for it and stuff. So I was a talented at art. I was also talented at modeling and 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 painting. And I would do volcanoes. And I was from the hood. I was the poorest kid I knew, by the way. But I just had this talent to, to be creative. And funny enough, <laughs> the backstory on Ron and I, I met Ron when I was doing creative stuff. So I know <laughs> everybody, I know I know Ron, I was doing a public access show uh, on poetry. And so I've always been into arts and, and it was actually a pretty popular show uh, that, that I did. I did it in the Baltimore area. And I've always been fascinated with arts, music, poetry, I write, I write my own poetry, written books. I, I've written two kids' books. So it's just been a part of me the whole time. And I just so happen to be into cryptography and coding and hacking and all those other things. But definitely, if I were to sum it up, it's just the artistic piece of me that allows me to do so many things in the space, in any space. 
I hope that makes sense. <laughs> that, make, that makes perfect sense. And what's crazy is this is the Metaversible podcast, but we didn't come up with that name. We didn't come up with the concept. You came up with the concept, not only for the podcast, but also for the project itself. We spoke a little bit about the project with Jackie, but in your mind, this seems like this is the coming together of art, science, and technology. What does this project really mean for you? Well, it's actually it's actually crazy to me that all this stuff is converging in one space for several reasons. And the metaverse means different things to different people. You ask different people, you're going to get a different thing. I think that the decentralized nature of things, as far as like things being decentralized, is the biggest driver in the meta metaverse. Uh, metaverse, some people say, is, is VR. Some people say that even things like Twitter is a is a is a metaverse. So all these different places where you can have this identity and you can interact with people. And what's interesting is even there's people that are uh, in some of these virtual reality spaces. I know a good, I got a good friend that that does architecture and has created a business in there, and you could pay that person in decentralized currency. And so now you have people in this virtual environment building, creating value in that virtual environment and getting paid for it. And that's crazy to me. And basically they're creating real estate in this virtual thing out, out of their mind. And this is what's cool about art. I wanted to be an architect when I was young and because architect could, could draw something on paper and they could build a physical object. Well, now you can draw something digitally. Like I, I'm, you know, I'm doing digital art. I drew everything in my, my, I did two children's books, created that. But when I go to some place like Disney or Universal in, in like in Florida, the thing that I'm there for is I'm like, wow, somebody thought of this stuff in their mind and they built it in a physical realm. Well, well, that's actually expensive, right? And so what's cool about the metaverse is you can build something in your mind, create it digitally and create value for people and help people out digitally. And so it actually is racing so many barriers. And I think it's awesome because you can do so many things with that. You can raise money for charities. And, and this is like, we're doing an NFT drop. You can raise money for charity. You can teach people, you can motivate people. And I found out through my work in social media and like I'm on Twitter, I help a lot of people out that I've never met before in my life. But even stuff like doing VR and just being able to create virtual environments and even creating virtual classrooms, virtual art galleries, virtual this, like this is a crazy time we're in. And I'm excited to be a part of whatever people consider the metaverse because it's big and it's going to help a lot of people out. It's going to it's going to be it's going to help people out in that, in that virtual environment. And that's going to translate to their real world uh, life experience. And so that's what I'm excited about. It's, it's almost like as every day goes on, the use cases expand. At first, when I learned about blockchain, it was all about purchasing the cryptocurrency with the hope of getting rich for many. But for others now, it has really changed because we have these wallets and you can now store other components besides just cryptocurrency in your wallets. Tell us a little bit about the drops. What are what is some of the plans that you have with this drop that's coming up? And what do you think it's going to impact? Yeah, so so now that the NFTs are the big thing that people are talking about, if this is your first time hearing NFTs, non-fungible tokens, those those tokens are are 
also describes his deeds start off on the Ethereum blockchain. So essentially, you can store data on a blockchain forever. To, uh, at the beginning, like uh, Bitcoin, it was used as digital ledgers for uh, transferring of currency. Like I could transfer you Bitcoin, you can transfer me Bitcoin. And it was kind of like a, a virtual bank, but it, it has a decentralized nature. What's interesting about Ethereum in, in the recent NFT craze is that people, just like with anything, any tool, I've actually written tools before. I, I write a lot of hacking tools. And sometimes people use those tools in ways I did not expect. Now, I think that when 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 people, when they created when they originally created deeds, a lot of people were talking about, oh, this is going to be digital contracts and we can write on the blockchain. It's there on forever. However, the, the, this use case that's blowing people's mind is the deeds are being used to, to own art in many cases, art and, and video and things like that. Uh, so basically, this is crazy, a crazy use case for it. And so we're going to be doing NFTs because it's a great way to, to sell art and I'm doing a motivational art piece. Uh, it's, it's a unicorn art piece. We're doing a we're doing a collection. It's a generative collection, meaning that we're doing quad eight eight thousand eight hundred and eighty eight unicorns. Each unicorn is generative. It's different. So how that process worked is I I did over two hundred traits that a unicorn could have, and then I ran it through a software program to to generate the different colors and and different coat colors, different main colors, different horn colors, different eye colors. So ran it through that. And now we have we have quite eight unique unicorns that we're going to be selling. What's cool about that is that I've always been fascinated with how nonprofits work. Like if I'm driving down the street, I stop at a corner and there's a church or some kind of thing trying to raise money on a corner. I was like, man, this is like, how could you be more productive in that? And then I look at big organizations that are charities. Like, how could that charity or that foundation do this better? Mm -hmm. and then I heard about NFTs and like, oh, you can do it, this non-fungible token. You can do art and you can raise money for a nonprofit. And I was like, oh, that's, that's dope because I raise money for people and I help people out all the time anyway. Right. And I was like, wow, this could be a, a different way. So many of the things I do in life is experimental from the sense that what I do is like, I want to see if this actually works because a lot of people talk about doing stuff and, and I do stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you, you know, people talk about doing books and doing this and all that stuff, I I'm out here doing it for real, for real. And so the, the, the unicorn social club is the, is the name of the collection. That collection is going to go to, we're donating a hundred thousand dollars to the project called gooder foundation. A gooder is also has as a company. Uh, gooder is actually trying to to solve the food waste and give and help people get food. When I grew up, I was poor, homeless. I used to have to go over neighbor's house and get bore water because we had our water cut off. We didn't have lights, so we had to steal electricity. <laughs> I mean, I grew up like super rough, and we didn't have food. I had to go to school to get food. Uh, mm -hmm. If I didn't go to school, I wasn't eating. Like you know, breakfast and lunch. One of the things that the Gooder program is doing, and this is what we're doing, they actually have an after school. They have a, they're opening up grocery stores in these, uh, in in communities that are that are, are you know, uh, challenged communities. In those communities, uh, they're they're opening up a store so the kid can take food home, so they have something to eat at night. Right. So, that's actually something that like, wow, okay, cool. Let's see if we can do some. Let's let's see if I can do some art. 
Uh, and the art piece is very motivational too. It has a lot of symbology in it. And I wanted the art to motivate people as well. So when you're looking at a unicorn in your crypto wallet, you're going to get motivated because of the symbology, uh, the symbolism in in the, the actual thing. I think everybody's unicorn, by the way. Everybody <laughs> has some special talent that, that they can use or superpower that they can use for good. And that's what I want to do. When you look at the unicorn, one of the things that has, uh, some of the unicorns have what I call an infinity halo. It's like an angel halo, but it's an infinity sign. That That is like, I want, I want to do, personally, I want to do stuff right now that lasts forever. Mm. And like, I want to be a blessing now, and I want to be a blessing to future generations. And and what's cool about the blockchain is you can create art, you can, you can do smart contracts, and you can actually do something now that's going to be a blessing to people in the future. And so the that infinity halo is like, hey, cool, you can be an angel now, and you can be an angel forever with the things you do today. So that's one of the symbolic things in, in the paintings. I relate to that so much. You know, it's really about making an impact on your community, the people that you care about, and even people that you don't even know, just helping them out in any way that you could possibly do it. And when you think about making an impact, you think about what can I do at scale, right? You were talking about how does this charity expand and do more and scale because there are a lot of old organizations that don't really have that scale handled. But let's talk about your art for just one second, because I, I, I could imagine that when you were creating this art, you know, it was one process, but when you f- saw it produced into 8,888 different pieces of art that had to hold a very special place in your heart. Can you walk us through like that process? Like, how did you feel like when you were putting the art together? And then how did you feel when you saw all those pieces of art come to life? So like with anything, there's a bunch of research. So I did, I looked at all the successful NFT projects and I looked at my background as an artist. I like doing weird art. <laughs> like I don't like doing like photorealistic art, but I can't do that. It's, it's something that I was blessed with. However, I like, I, I like weird looking art like Picasso and and one of my favorite artists is, is Basquiat, uh, John Michel Basquiat. So uh, he, John, uh, Basquiat was a, a, a phenomenal uh, neo-expressionist artist that was in New York in the 80s. And unfortunately, he passed away when he was young, but uh, he definitely a, a huge inspiration. So I was like, man, how can I, me, when I do something, it's always about how can I teach people about stuff? There's a lot of people that know about Basquiat, but there's some people that don't know. So the the art I took, I took, okay, this is what popular, this is kind of stuff that's popular in FT space. Like if you look at Bored Apes, Crypto Punks, and like, how can I do something that's like, that tells a story? And the unicorn story is any everybody's unicorn. Everybody can can be royalty. Everybody can be, because it's all in your mind, right? And so in, in to combine that with the meaningful stuff that uh, Basquiat did, very deep, meaningful pieces. Matter of fact, I got Basquiat's notebooks right now. And, and the notebooks are, there, you can buy this on, you can buy this at a bookstore or on Amazon or something. The notebooks reveals his thought process behind his things where he had like a, a little journal and I have his journal and I bought it, bought it off Amazon and, you can get into this guy's mind. So his art was, he always told stories. He told, he told stories about oppression and, and, and injustice and all that stuff in his art. And so my thing, what I do is I try to motivate people. 
and I try to mo motivate anybody. And and what's crazy is like my life, my whole way I roll is I want to be a blessing to everybody I interact with. So I want, and I want people to look at my art and, and get that meaning like, oh snap, I'm a unicorn. I need to be out here doing good. I need to keep, you know, I need to do X, Y, and Z. Like there's symbology, there's a circle. You need to have a tight circle as part of the symbology. You got to have really good circle. Don't have bad influence in your circle. There's a square. Square, you need to have, you, when it comes to business, one of my, my mentors told me, you don't have to be nice in business, but you need to be fair. Some people call that square business. Like you got to be about your business and you need to keep your business right. Uh, there's a line that's going vertical up and to the right. Now that's like a chart. You always want to be progressing. That's a part of the art. Uh, there's a triangle in, our, in in the art, which which means the triangle meaning is the meaning of that art is uh, the triangle is you need to your mind, body, and your spirit needs to be all aligned and solid, and that's the base for your life. And funny enough, that triangle, the circle, the square, and the line, that's all the symbols in art too. If you can draw those those those, you can draw a circle, a square a triangle and a line, you can draw anything. So that's a building block for art. And also the symbology is a building block for life. So it's like super deep. And to see that generated 8,000 times and, and have be different colors. And because like it's automatically randomly generated by the software and it, it, it does color combinations that you wouldn't expect. And so it's kind of weird because like I code, I draw, I'm putting this on blockchain, transacting in cryptocurrency, but, and you're putting it on this blockchain and there's this, this public key, private key aspect of the encryption. What's crazy is when I went to the Navy, when I was 18, I was dirt poor, super poor. And then when I went to the Navy, I got into cryptography and I've been doing that, that, that had in, in cryptography, the blockchain is to ensure that the data isn't has integrity. Just like on these blockchains that people are using now, if you're sending communications, you need to make sure that that if you encrypt one block, you take a little bitty piece of information and use that to encrypt the next block. I've been doing this since I was 18 in <laughs> cryptography. And I have crypto patents too. I have a I'm 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 a patented inventor of cryptography. Um so Man, this is crazy that all these worlds are colliding, bro. And the fact that I can code and I can actually get in there and code and and generate art and draw because uh, I drew everything by hand on a on a display art tablet. So it's combining all these things of my life and to so to one point, and it's 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 crazy to me that all this stuff is colliding at the same time. Yeah, and and bringing this together, the metaversable team, uh, we have a team of of solid core people, many I've known for years and, and we're trying to make a difference and we're trying to be able to use technology for good and help people out. I'm sure anyone that's listening is feeling pretty inspired right now about the breakdown of what the Unicorn Social Club actually means and, and all the components of the NFTs that are being created. I'm sure that anyone looking at these unicorns can start to relate based off of the the attributes in each NFT. For me, it was all about the A, B, C at the at the bottom right. I feel like those are the components of my life, especially right now. Art, blockchain, code, 
you know, these are the fabrics of my life that I like to bring together from the podcast to technology and now getting more into the metaverse and making it a reality for people. And with the Metaversable Project, we're going to be helping a lot of artists, creators, and collectors to perform, to live safely in the metaverse. Can you describe a little bit about what's going on with the Metaversable Project? Yeah, so the first thing I did, when, once I found out about, you know, NFTs, and because I knew blockchain and, and all that stuff, and I was skeptical as, as like most people are, but once I was like, oh man, you can do this NFT stuff, and I'm an artist, let's see if I can do some art for good. Then I, I started getting into all the forums and on the clubhouse and all these different uh, forums, and the big thing is the hackers, uh, the black hat hackers, the bad guys, or whatever you want to call them, the, the criminal hackers, they beat us to the to the spot, <laughs> so as, as usual. <laughs> like I'm a white hat hacker. I help defend. Uh, I help defend against hacking at Fortune 500 companies. In general, I teach cybersecurity. I've taught cybersecurity for you know 10, 15 years now. And the the crazy thing is, the bad guys always beat us to the thing. <laughs> so yep. the bad guys, the bad guys showed up on the metaverse and, and are scamming all these artists. Um, they're fishing them. They're they're just stealing a lot of money. I mean, every day I hear somebody lost two hundred thousand dollars in crypto. Somebody lost this much, and so one of our teammates, uh, uh, Simona, Simona actually helps people recover from getting hacked uh, in this space. What's crazy about that is that you know these these hackers are are hacking these people and these artists. They've actually found a way to live, and sometimes they're from developing countries, you know in Africa or in Asia where they found a way to make money. They found a way to provide money for their family. And uh, someone is talking to people and they're like at the brink of committing suicide because they've lost all their money from a cryptocurrency mm -hmm. perspective. She, she was helping somebody out the other day. They had like 200,000, $200,000 worth of software. I mean, of a $200,000 worth of assets in their uh, wallet and a hacker stole it all. That person had just got married and he was gonna he was gonna use that money to buy a house for his family. Uh and somebody stole it all in a transaction. He was doing a transaction thinking he was he was going to sell and buy a house for his his family. Hmm. And somebody stole it. So that's crazy. And so we've been in cybersecurity, many of the people on the metaversal team, we've been doing cybersecurity and we're also artists, we're also creatives. Like, man, how can we get together and help all these people stay safe? And, you know, that's some of that's going to be education. Uh, some of that's going to be we can create tools and to help people out because it's crazy out here uh, on, on the metaverse. On these metaverse streets, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, earlier we were talking about making an impact. And it seems like everything you do, it makes an impact in whatever community you're talking about, whether you're talking about tribe of hackers, the hacker community, whether you're talking about kids books with the kid book that you wrote. And now with the metaversable project and the art projects that are going to be stemming off of that, what is that impact that you're hoping to make with this team, with this project and with all the endeavors that you're doing in the metaverse? What do you hope to leave as your legacy? So what's interesting about the blockchain? So I think that, uh, again, my mantra, be a blessing to everybody you interact with. Um, what's interesting about blockchain is that you can do smart contracts and those smart contracts 
can do stuff, uh, and they live on a blockchain forever. You can write code, you can compile that code, and that bytecode lives on the blockchain forever, and you can interact with that code. That's crazy. That means that I can write, I can take an idea out of my mind, write that in code, and that can be helping people out in the future in some way. This is crazy to think about this. Just imagine if some of the fam most famous philosophers were able to, to write on the blockchain their thoughts. We have some of their stuff in books. Some of the stuff was lost. Um, you know, some, some, some famous, there's probably stuff that we would never know that existed because it wasn't saved. Well, now I can, I can create art. I can put it on the blockchain. I can write a book. I can put that on the blockchain. I can write, you know, and, and, and forever start like IPF services. IPFS, I mean, you can write it on a permanent file system and you can, you can point to that from the blockchain technically. You can create stuff right now. This podcast may live on this permanent thing forever, right? So you can do this now and I can write code to help people in the future because it's code. That's crazy. And I can also, we can also do projects like, and there's projects like this, uh, is that you can, you're teaching history. Well, now you can have your kid go to Egypt. Every kid can go to Egypt. You know, mm. every kid can go to ancient Rome. Every kid can go to Greece. Every, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> and like, even like crazy stuff like this is like, because being black, sometimes I would wonder like, man, what kind of things that my ancestors go to? I went to a museum in, in Edinburgh, Scotland, and it, it had, it was a museum of the people or something like that. It was in Edinburgh, Scotland, and it actually showed how they lived, how people lived in like, you know, the 1800s or, you know, early, you know. And it was like they lived in these little bitty houses on hay, all this stuff like that. The people that were working, uh, the people that were, you know, commoners or whatever. It showed their life. I'm like, man, that's crazy. And down the street from it, there was people living in castles, right? <laughs> in royalty. <laughs> but outside the castle, people were dirt poor. Right. And I say this because it would be interesting to me to go to see that. And also, I want to see what my ancestors went through and the, the hardships they had, because we can talk about it, but what if we can actually see that? Right. And we can write all this stuff on history and we can have these depictions and people can learn. So I think it actually, and, and it's open source, so it can't be destroyed. Uh, in, in history, there's been people, there's been stuff destroyed, put it like that in history, right? Mm -hmm. So now we're talking about permanence and we're talking about you, you can educate people for free and it's just crazy. So, so my legacy uh, will be, I'm going to do a lot of stuff and I want to help a lot of other people write it. I mean, do a lot of stuff. When I, when I do books, people are like, dang, Marcus, how do you do that book? This is exactly how I did the book. <laughs> Marcus, how do you get a book contract? This is how you do that. Marcus, how do you raise venture capital? This is how you do that. Marcus, how do you do that? It's all, I'm wide open. Uh, as far as like what, what it is. So my legacy is kind of like an open source legacy. 
Mm. Everything I do, everything I learn, I want to I want to pass that on. And the 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 that whole butterfly effect, yeah. right? I want to encourage other people to tell their stories, tell their truth, create their books, and do all that stuff well. So that'll be my legacy. And with the blockchain and metaverse, what I'm going to be doing, I always wanted to create a college. And this is this is the crazy thing that I want to do, is I want to create a metaversable you, like a metaversable university. Right. And I want to be able to build in the metaverse, I want to do classrooms and go into classrooms and teach virtually. That's why we're doing, we're buying Oculus's uh, quest for, for, uh, for kids, mm-hmm. uh, high school kids. They can come in and I can teach them like almost in person. Because like what I want to do is like kids that didn't have an opportunity, like I'm super fortunate. I'm super blessed because I've had an opportunity to participate in this tech world by joining the military. And and I'm sure you can relate about this, Chris. It actually opened my eyes to all this technology. Mm -hmm. And I was a super early adopter, early nineties. I'm on a global network for the intelligence community. Yeah. We had we had Twitter back in 1993 pretty much <laughs> in the in the intelligence community. We had software like that. And I could talk to anybody in the world in 1993. This is for AOL, for all the it was there was like bleeding edge technology when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And and cryptography and when I was that that old signals intelligence and elant and all this other stuff i was on the forefront of technology back then and now i feel like this is that 19 early 90s moment as far as blockchain metaverse and all that that we're at that same time right now as i was all those years ago where this is bleeding edge and i want young kids to have access to it so they can actually build a legacy as well so that's it. That's about all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, you're going to do it. I know you are. First of all, it's an honor to be on this journey with you with the Metaversible Project and all the great things that we're going to be doing. But for the folks that want to stay up to date with you, Unicorn Social Club, Metaversible, what are the best ways that people can do that? Yeah, I encourage you to uh, our website, um, metaversible.io. Go to that. Keep on listening to this podcast. We're going to have experts in, in this space from art, to cryptography. This is going to be a great vehicle for that. I appreciate you guys for being on the team. I appreciate our, our relationship and we're going to help build together, but metaversable.io and, and that's going to have the links for everything you need. Uh, Unicorn social club is the drop that we're about to do. Pay attention to this. If you're listening to this a year from now, uh, go back and look at what we've done because I'm not a time traveler, but I predict good things are going to happen. And thank you for listening now and in the future. We appreciate you. We'll be sure to drop all of those resources in the show notes. Highly encourage everyone to check out metaversable.io, especially if you're existing in this world that we know as the metaverse. And with that, we'll see everyone next time.